Welcome to Midwest Mind Mail with your hosts, Josh and Jason. Hello. Welcome back to Midwest Mind Melt. Jason, say hi to our guests. How's everybody doing tonight? Today? Whatever. I'm, I'm sure you guys aren't doing too bad. If you were, you probably wouldn't be listening to a podcast. Hey, you know, they could be doing good and listening to a podcast. Yeah, they could be also out protesting. You're not wrong. Speaking of protest, what the hell's going on in Virginia? Um, a lot. Well, what do you know about it? So, the governor of Virginia... Um, What's his name again? Uh, Ralph Northam. Yep, Ralph Northam. Is how you pronounce his last name, I think. I believe his nickname is Blackface. He's the one that uh, a photo of him surfaced from his high school days where he was dressed up in blackface and his friend was dressed up as a Klan member. I don't know if you remember that. And CNN reported it as a Republican, uh, Ralph Northam. When but, really he's Democrat. Yeah. <laughs> so after that, it seems like the story kind of went under real quick. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, no, man, Virginia is going through a whole, I think Virginia is trying to be that first state in the step of gun control. Um, I'm sure you've heard of the the three bills that they passed recently. Yep. Um, SB 240 was the most recent, I believe. Yeah. That was their red flag law. Yes, that they they actually passed that this last this past week actually. That was the day after the protest. Um, before that, they passed a bill thirty five, uh, which would allow localities to ban guns uh, from public events, mm-hmm. um, which I thought was kind of uh, obviously an, an infringement on you know our Second Amendment rights. Um, and uh, State Bill sixty nine, um, all they did was amend the current. Uh, law allowing uh, Virginia residents to purchase one handgun a month or in a 30-day period. So you say um, that basically added on to the current law? It, it just amended it. What, is, um, the, what does that mean? So it was already in effect? There was already a law that, that stated that, that there was a certain amount of time that you had to wait after purchasing a handgun to buy another one. Mm-hmm. But what it did was it expanded that window. I think it was a two week a two week waiting period is what I if I remember correctly. Oh, to a month. To a month. Um, okay. And then uh, State Bill seventy requires a background check on all private transfers of firearms. Now, let's talk about private transfers for a minute. Yeah. Okay. So when when you break down private transfers, what exactly are you like? What exactly justifies a private transfer? Is that like just like if Josh you, you came up to me and said, hey. I have a Glock 17. Do you want to buy it? And I'm like, yeah, I'll buy it, whatever. I'm sure that's exactly what they mean. Okay, so let me ask you a question. Are you really going to go through all the paperwork to submit a background check on me? Oh, me? Fuck no. Yeah, like I wouldn't do the same thing, right? Like Nobody's ever done that. And who's going to know? That's a bigger question is who's going to know whether or not that somebody actually... Nobody is. Exactly. And that's... That was gonna... Yeah. You know, and the whole point of how they even... How we even get to this point is... Lawmakers always put out the argument that, well, other states have tried these uh, similar laws and it has helped curb mass shootings, which I don't know how the fuck you could ever create a study that proves that. At what point do you admit that, you know, your laws failed? I mean, so they always, you know, basically they're putting out, you know, you've heard the phrase common sense gun laws. Yeah. That's basically what they're trying to do here is what they're saying. Yeah. Um, prior to the protest, obviously, that we know about on Monday, 
um, the Virginia governor, the governor of Virginia, Governor Northam, declared Virginia a state of emergency, which made no sense to me at all because – It made perfect sense to me. Well, <laughs> given, given the circumstances, I guess like I guess you can say that, but I wouldn't necessarily have de- declared this, the state in a state of emergency for this. Um, but apparently it was because uh, <coughs> he had uh, – Credible intelligence from law enforcement stating that there was going to be uh, armed militias and hate groups at this protest. Which, if you guys have been following any any of the uh, the uh, results of this protest, there was actually no violence. No, and not one shot was fired, even though there was twenty thousand plus people. Twenty two thousand. Uh, yeah, so twenty two thousand gun supporters at this rally and from the information that i've read there was only one arrest it was and a 21 year old woman she was wearing a, a bandana over her face and she was told by an officer a couple of different times to take it off which yep. she did not comply so they rightfully arrested her and that was the only arrest made that entire that entire rally exactly not a big deal so josh let me ask you um oh and they picked up their trash yeah <laughs> so uh <laughs> let me uh let me ask you this question um do you think that gun owners are the problem? Fuck no. And I think that protests prove that. I do not think gun owners are the problem. If 22,000 people showed up and most of them were armed, I believe you would, and, and if they were an issue, um, you, you would have seen a much bigger mess. Uh, than what? Than what? Well, there wasn't. Well, you mess. saw nothing. Yeah, there was no yeah. mess, but you would see a big mess. You know, um, We've seen violence, you know, mostly around um, Antifa. Yeah. Uh, anywhere where there's Antifa, it seems like there seems to be violence. Now, granted, it's very limited violence. Yeah. It's a lot of um, melee attacks and group beatings and, you know, um, which require hospital visits and concussions and broken bones. But they usually get dispersed pretty easy. I don't think you could do that if 22,000 people and let's just say half of them were armed and they started shooting. I don't believe it would be broken up pretty quick. You're, you're going to need more than tear gas. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Which there was a lot of security there. Which, which I mean, I, w- I would hope so. Well, but I would think even the police were probably outgunned. <laughs> oh, yeah, I would definitely say so, Yeah, too. so um, I would think if they were a problem, you would have heard about it. Yeah, um... Funny thing, so when Virginia started looking to pass these bills, I don't know if you if you heard, but there was a hundred counties in the state of Virginia that became Second Amendment sanctuaries. Yeah, I heard the uh, ninety-one. So um, it could be a hundred at this point. That, the article I read said a hundred. I mean, I, they might just be rounding up. But do you think that if this was something that was supposed that started trending among the states, do you think that? that we would become just second amendment sanctuaries or do you think that there would be an uprisal? Uh, I think that kind of goes hand in hand because even just looking at Virginia, yes, a lot of counties immediately when um, these bills were starting to be introduced and the public uh, was aware of it, that's when you start seeing these uh, sanctuary counties and, you know, cities start rising up. Now that uh, brings me into another point. Um, (laughs) So when the state passes a law like that, and then you have counties basically saying, well, we're not going to enforce these, yeah. it 
kind of is a slap. It's, I mean, it really is. It's a slap in the face to the state because yeah. laws are just like money. You can make a ton of them, but they don't mean anything if they're not being enforced. Yeah, you can right. make you can make anything illegal, or you can pass all sorts of laws and legislation, but if they're not being enforced, then they're worthless. Yeah. Now, um, as people probably heard, there was a representative in Virginia named Donald McEachin. He was uh, he's a Democratic uh, representative, and he passively kind of mentioned to the press that uh, Governor Northam should utilize the National Guard in enforcing these new gun laws yeah, in these that. sanctuary counties. Yep. Um, he, he did it very passively. He basically said, well, I'm not the governor, but if I were, you know, um, this might not be a bad idea. Yeah. Well, the, the National Guard put out an official response to that and they basically said we're not even going to talk about this yep like we're not talking about it we're not going to say one way or the other so to me that's basically saying we're not involved and well, and then you had actual national guards men um one unanimously write a whole essay that got released in the press and basically saying like i'm not going to take part in that well i actually i actually got asked by people here mm -hmm. a couple of times about like if i was in that situation what i would do as a guardsman and like uh like i told him i said i said when i when, when i took the oath i took i took the oath to uphold the constitution of the united states mm -hmm. and everything that they're trying to to uh enforce over there goes against the constitution so no i wouldn't take part in that no you know i would whatever reprimands would would come down on me whatever but no as a as a guardsman that that totally violates everything that i stand for plus it's just now the national guard has done amazing things and that's full of a bunch of amazing individuals um, and probably a lot that aren't so amazing. But it's a good unit of um, people that can get a lot done. Yeah. I mean, they're trained. However, I'm going to ask you since I know um, uh, you have experience in this. Have you ever been up against your fellow citizens who are shooting back? No. Because on a detail like gun confiscation, you know, um, confiscation, my bad. On a detail like that, you're running a high risk of uh, people shooting back. I mean, yep. a lot of people. Yep. You're talking, um, you know, some, some of these people are just normal citizens. Some of them are ex-veterans. Um, some of them are just really good with guns, probably better than a lot of people in the service. Yeah. And this would be very dangerous. Like, if you were a person in authority, you would have to not really care about the personal safety of your guardsmen by yep. putting them on a detail like this. Yep. Um, I mean, we saw what happened in Waco back in the 90s. Yep. Um, the ATF. This wasn't the National Guard, but it was the ATF. It was the feds. Uh, full suit, tactical, showed up um, looking like paramilitary, yep. and two of them got killed. Yep. They were not expecting that. They no. weren't expecting that at all. <laughs> no, we've talked about this multiple times. Uh, at that point, you're not you're not shooting enemies, man. You're shooting friends and family. Yeah, you know you're shooting. You're shooting your neighbors, and it's you know, and, and we've talked about it at work. You know, <laughs> you might you might find you, when you first start doing it, you you might find people that are going to comply. Absolutely, but there's going to be that one, All right? And he and that one will start the spark. Well, yeah, I mean, any one of us against the government or against you know just even just a state government we're nothing compared to them you know the state versus me uh just me 
it's like I'm nothing. They're going to take everything they can from me, and I'm probably not going to be able to do much. Yep. The only way that I would even have a chance of, is if other people came to my defense, yep. um, which is in this case, I think you would see that. I really do. Well, I think people would start catching on, and uh, they would come to the defense. However, these red flag laws and these uh, common sense laws, these – kind of coming in a much more sneaky way because the red flag laws are just saying hey we're just temporarily gonna take your guns yeah you know um so you can go to court and and you might be able to get them back maybe not but it's just temporary so it's like you know you don't want to you don't want to start you know anything you know for something that's just temporary you know and that's how they get you they're kind of easing into it yeah exactly um you've you've heard the common phrase you know history repeats itself sure so you remember the shot heard around the world, right? I, I can't think of the incident off the top of my so head. So you remember the Boston Massacre? Boston start of the Massacre. Revolutionary War. Oh, yeah, that was uh, way back um, when. Way was, back when. What, Lexington and Concord is where it, where it, where it happened? Or Lexington? All I remember is, I was thinking about this the other day. <clears throat> if they started a gun a gun confiscation, confiscation, words are hard, um... <laughs> Which that's are exactly, hard for us Midwest little town folk. That's exactly what it would be, because there would be that one person that fired that first shot. And I think I think the authorities know that. I would even think that even guys like uh, Blackface Northam probably know that. Yeah. Uh, so they're very tactical in how they're trying to approach this. However, what's very frustrating for them is that you have some very hardcore, outspoken activists and. Yep. Um, loud voices in the second amendment movement that are not budging and they are not taking any sort of like they don't want to budge at all there is no um ground to be given up in this you know um and the way that i see it is that our second amendment um right has been infringed upon for a long time we have a lot of infringements that have happened there's a lot of weapons that we don't have access to because the law deemed them illegal but I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna play the other side for a minute. There are certain weapons that people should not own. Why not? Because I don't I don't see the point in owning a fully automatic rifle. There's no point. Yeah, there is. Sure. To what to say you own one? Yeah. Well, I mean, if you go down that road, then it's not that far to say. Well, why should you own a AR-15, a semi-automatic? I don't see a problem with uh, people owning fully automatics. I guess you got a point. I mean, it's just, it's a matter of opinion. Yeah, I I mean, there's a lot of, uh, and I mean, actually, you can't own fully automatic rifles. Yeah, with a special license. It's yeah. not a right, but. Yeah, yeah, you got to get a license to do it, but I mean. The point is, is that our Second Amendment right has been infringed upon many times throughout history. No, it really has, um, and it's only going to get worse, honestly, I, well, I feel it's going to get worse. The push is getting worse. So you have a lot of people at this point in the Second Amendment, uh, you know, in this on the side of, you know, um, keeping the Second Amendment alive. They put their foot down and yeah. they've said no more. None. Yep. You're not getting any more. Well, it's not good enough because every mass shooting that happens, which we haven't really had a big one in a while. It's been a while. What was the last one? Texas? Yeah. Uh, yeah, for for one of the major ones, it seems like uh, yeah, it's been a while. It's, I mean, there there was like the one in New Jersey, but 
people really didn't there get was, up there, in arms about that there was one. There one in Mexico not that long ago, but, I mean, that's Mexico. That's Mexico. And I believe, well, uh, there was the Mexican president, didn't he say something about the U.S. should uh, pass gun control, and then the Chinese president, or the, the Chinese, whatever the leader is, basically said the same thing. This These really sketchy people trying to... Like basically, it's it's very it's very laughable when they come out and say, "Yeah, yeah you guys uh, need to do something about your gun violence." Like, shut up. <laughs> yeah, like especially especially any any form of government from Mexico because we all know they're paid by the cartel. Oh yeah, it's no secret. I believe that's probably one of the number one reasons why people flee Mexico. Anyway, I digress. Yeah, that's a another topic for another podcast. But, but Virginia. Virginia. A lot of these lawmakers, man, they're out of touch. I think they're very frustrated because um, the lawmakers or the uh, law enforcement officers that they um, depend on to enforce these things are um, not. They don't want it. They don't want any part of it. No, and I don't blame them. I, really I don't blame don't. them either. I think it's dangerous for them. Makes their job that much harder. And second of all, I think a lot of them really believe that this is wrong. Yeah. Um, in the article I read. Uh there was a lot of. Uh, it was stated that that several the several interviews had been conducted, mm-hmm. and every one of them said that they feel like it's illegal. It and, is, and it is. It's extremely illegal. Well, let's see. You know, from the other side, about how red flag laws, you know, sound good. They sound good because a lot of a lot of times in these mass shootings. You're talking about individuals that had a lot of red flags in their past, mm-hmm. a lot, whether it been um, a history of mental illness or abuse or like threatening comments that they made. Yeah. And so basically these laws are sold to people as, well, when you have an individual like this, you know, report it to law enforcement. You can do it anonymously. You know, you don't have to give your name. Yep. Um, you can if you want. And then we will go and confiscate their weapons if we um, have a reason to believe that they are a danger to anybody. Now... What gun activists um, and Second Amendment activists called from the from the start is that these are going to be abused. Yeah, they will. This is going to be abused, and because um, like say like say if I don't like you, Josh, exactly, and I you know and I, I call a cop and be like, well, I know he has guns and I, and, and I think that he's going to hurt somebody. <coughs> yeah, he has radical beliefs. Yep. All of a sudden, they're going to be at your door. Not yep. Gonna, uh, you know, there to take your guns and. Yep. How how many people out there? How many of you listening have an ex, a crazy ex, or an ex that just out of spite could do, do something? Yeah, yeah exactly. exactly. Especially if it's no skin off their ass, because so far I haven't heard any, you know, um, false reporting charges for anything like that. And that's what I'm saying. I mean, you could yeah. literally be like, uh, you know, like a model citizen. Yeah. You just like to hunt. Well, and it, it already happened. See, the, the reason I say gun activists called it is because there was a case just recently where an officer shot and killed a lady's son who was approaching him with a knife very aggressively. Yeah. And she had actually called the police in the first place. Um, and so when the officers got there, two of them ended up shooting um, this, uh, this kid down and this guy down. And uh, he died. And the mother reported one of the officers and said that uh, she would like to use the red flag law to uh, take away his guns. She, she feels that he shouldn't have guns. And so 
I believe it was executed. I believe that's exactly what they did. And so he's going to have to go and fight for his right, um, for his guns back, which okay. I, I think Wait, he may pol- might have. a police officer? Yes, a police officer, so how, a law enforcement agent. How, 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 how can a law enforcement officer, how can they take guns when he's required to carry a duty weapon? Well, the thing is, after you shoot somebody, you're on a leave of absence. That's, that's Man- mandatory. And that's where he is at the, at the time. So... When she reported him, by definition, you know, he may still be considered law enforcement, but he's on a leave of absence. So, yeah, yeah, he's not in uniform. He's not on duty. So that's when they did it. Well, that's abuse right there. Yeah, it is. He had every right to do what he did, as unfortunate as it was. And the thing that, you know, is just kind of funny to me is the fact that she called the police in the first place. Anytime that you've ever called the cops to handle a situation for you, you are literally using and utilizing... Men with guns yeah, to come take care of your business. You're 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 taking that yes that risk. This is well, and you have that's what the police are. You're not calling an agency just to send over somebody in uniform with no weapon who's going to come and just talk to somebody. No, no, no. No, you're you're sending somebody there that has a weapon and could potentially end up using it. That's what the police are. Yep. Well, you know what they say, right? Mm-hmm. Never bring a knife to a gunfight. No, exactly. Well, apparently, apparently that kid it didn't get through his head. But all jokes aside, no, that's a that's a perfect example of that. Um, there was actually another um, a, a situation. Um, I was listening to an interview. Me and Ian were actually listening to an interview about it. So this guy was taking a tour of the Capitol in D.C. Um, the Capitol building, you know. Mm-hmm. Well, I didn't know this, but the pillars that are that were used in the Capitol are actually like tree trunks that they plastered over. And so, like, honestly, like, if somebody would have told, told me that, I would be like, oh, that's kind of interesting. Well, this guy was curious. So he walked up, and he and he was, like, knocking on the on the pillar just to kind of, like, see, like, wow. Well, <laughs> apparently, when he got home, the cop showed up at his door and arrested him for terroristic activities for knocking on the pillars at the Capitol. <laughs> like, it, it's, it's literally going to be abused to that extent. Yeah. Petty. Yeah. Petty. Incredibly Petty. petty. But yeah, I, I believe lawmakers are playing a very dangerous game, but I think they're getting frustrated because they're losing power, and it's becoming very apparent. Well, the, the, these sanctuary counties, these are not just um, gun freaks, you know, trying to defy the law. This is a very powerful statement that they're making, yep. very powerful, saying, you can pass whatever law you want we're not going to be a part of it, so good luck. The worst part about it is, is every state has has an open carry law. Every state, mm-hmm. you know, whether it's be you can open carry with one in the chamber, whether you can carry, you know, just open carry whatever. At where at what point does 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 it stop when you when you're open open carrying? Say you just you're out in public, whatever, mm-hmm. and somebody sees that you have a gun on your hip, and all of a sudden they call the cops because they think that you're a threat. All of a sudden now, you lose everything because of that mm-hmm. that's not fair to that person it's not fair to any of us yeah because it is our right to to feel to have the ability to protect ourselves no matter where we're at you know no i i agree but a lot of people don't see it that way a lot of individual and, and you know politicians are perfect examples they're very out of touch everybody yeah. knows they're out of touch you know a lot of these laws just do not affect them but i believe um during the protest, people made it very clear that, you know, as lawmakers, you should be a little bit worried. You, yeah, they, they very Because well at the end be. of the day, you know, if you start 
becoming tyrannical. I mean, we will utilize what the Second Amendment was used for, and we will overthrow you. Yep. You know, so. Well, and the whole thing in Virginia started when the when the Democrats took over the state house. Yeah, this whole thing started last year after the elections, where yeah, um, they had a big swing in it. The state and when, became very blue, very blue. And when you look at it, who's the ones? That, which side's really pushing for gun control? No, the Democrats. Absolutely, by far. Um, the Republicans, I, I would say, aren't pushing for it um, in the media. But like, you look at some of the things that Trump has done, yep. and I would say that you know he is not. Uh, even though he says he is, uh, he's not a hundred percent on. The- hell no. And we saw that with the ban on bump stocks, uh, which you know a lot of, you know, and that was one of those things. Bump stocks is one of those things. A lot of gun owners don't see the point in either. Yeah. But it's just the principle of the matter of the government has no right to tell you that you can't have a bump stock. That's like saying that you can't. That 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 it's kind of the equivalent of saying that you can't put a loud muffler on your car. No, exactly. It's just it you is know. what it is. And yes. But but a lot of people let that slide. A lot of uh, that was very split in the. Uh, and the uh, gun, um, the gun population. Oh yeah, you call it. it was mean, it was very split. A lot of people said, "Well, I never, I didn't have one, so I don't really care." And yeah. other people said, "You know, I don't have one, but you know, if you I ever wanted to get right, one, yeah. exactly." You should still have the right to to accessorize as you want. But yes, the big red flag in all of this, um, excuse my pun, was the McEachin. Um, his comments about the National Guard. That is literally tyrannical. That yep. is a tyrannical um, concept to send in your armed soldiers to enforce laws. Yep. And he, he was he was basically talking, he didn't say it, but he was implying that these soldiers would be um, disarming cops. They would be up against cops and yep. you know, uh, sheriffs and deputies. Yep. You want a bloodbath, that's one way to get one. That's how you get it. And it sounds like there is a big group in our government that is, it really seems like they're pushing for that. Yep. They really want to see it. I don't know. I When I, when I thought about it, you know, it's, it's people talk about mass shootings and, and things of that nature. It's like, if you, you, you want the biggest mass shooting <laughs> this country's ever seen, start taking guns away. Because mm-hmm. that will be the end result. Yep. And it's not going to be a good one. It's mm-hmm. not going to end. The government needs to just stop trying to take away things that were given to us as rights. Yeah. And, you know, with the whole talk about um, regulating guns and common sense laws and um, enforcing uh, the laws that we already have on the books when it comes to guns and gun crime. Yeah. You know, I would like to see these politicians, especially, uh, you know, I'd like to give them a, a chance. Yeah. Figure out what's going on in places like, uh, you know. Uh, Detroit. Detroit, Chicago, uh, D.C., Virginia, you know, you're, you're, you're right there. Yep. D.C. Is, is half, you know, half of that city is in your state. Yep. Figure out what's going on in some of these, you know, lower income areas and get that under control before you start telling people in smaller towns where there hasn't been a mass shooting. You know, most of these counties that are sanctuary uh, counties, there's no, there hasn't been a mass shooting there. No. These people are living a very peaceful life. Why should a guy in Richmond, Virginia decide, you know, what tools they should have and what they shouldn't have? Exactly. You know, that's the whole point. You don't have any right. 
And the fact that you're pushing very hard for it um, f- to control guns and the sale of guns, it makes common people very suspicious. Yeah. Makes makes someone like me very suspicious. What are you worried about? Are you worried about uh, citizens rising up and shooting you? Yep. Because that's what it looks like. Yeah. It really looks think, like that. No, I really do. I, I believe that that's what it is. It's. And I, I guess my message to them is, yeah, you probably should be a little worried about that. Yep. But that's the whole point of the Second Amendment. Keep you in check. Remind you that, uh, you know, you representatives, you senators, you governors, whatever you are, you're a servant to the people. Yep. You are not a ruler. No. They, you are a servant. Their job is to serve us. Yes, and that's that, all it comes down to. You chose that line of work. Yep. And you will abide by it. And if you um, become too tyrannical then um, expect people will fight back and they will rise up. Now, Josh, you said something downstairs, and I forget what it was, something about the protest. And it made me think about... Um, I, for, I forget the train of thought, but I told you not to let me forget because I had a caveat onto it. And what I and all I remember was my caveat onto that was that... Yeah, yeah, I lost it. I can't even remember what we were talking about. It'll come back to me. But yeah. but it but it has something to do with with the with with the protest in the in about um, after the Parkland shooting. And I for, and it was something about um, how it was okay to. Um, yep, yeah, no, lost it. It was good though. I had a really good point, and I lost it. Oh, sorry, listeners. Yeah, that's what happens after ten hours of work. But yeah, that okay. happens. So. No, I don't know. I do you think guns should be banned at public events? No, I don't either. Because where do most mass mass shootings occur? Public events and gun free zones. Yeah. Do you think uh, families should have the right to sue um, places that have gun free um, signs for gun free zones when they have a family member killed? That's a really good question, actually. I don't think it's a bad idea. Well, if they're talking about suing uh, Winchester for uh, for the mass shooting, um, which one was that? Uh, El Paso. Yeah. Yeah. Or think, yeah, El Paso. <coughs> I think <coughs> I think if they're gonna allow that, then yeah. Oh, and Sandy Hook, I believe the. Uh, oh yeah, it was Sandy Hook? It was Sandy Hook. Be allowed to. Um, yeah, we talked about that before too. Yeah. Um, so yeah, if if we if we're looking at those parameters, then hell yeah, dude, hell yeah. There's just there's a lot of this that doesn't seem very balanced. No, it's it seems very one-sided. very one-sided, and that's what people have a problem with. Mm-hmm. That's what I have a problem with. It is very hypocritical, very one-sided. And one thing that individuals should already know is you don't ever make a major decision out of fear. No, and that's what these have been always. All of these um, laws have been piggybacked on the, you know, basically after a mass shooting. Yep. That's what they always use. Never, ever make a decision based on fear. No. And like we've talked, like we talked, you know, originally, um, educate yourself. You know, don't be afraid of guns. All right. If you're, if you're afraid of them, learn how to use them. Because realistically, a gun is nothing more than just a tool. All right. You know, and it is a dangerous tool, and it should be respected. Yep. 
Uh, guns should be very respected, and you should have a healthy fear of them. But the type of fear that we're hearing from a lot of uh, activists, especially on the left, it's not a healthy fear. It's a very ignorant fear. Yeah. It's a very ignorant fear. It's a very ignorant talk. When a lot of these politicians that um, are Democrats and they talk about gun control, they sound stupid. They really they do. don't know what the hell they're talking about. No, and that's, and that's that would be like me trying to convince people that I know exactly what it's like to give birth naturally. Yeah, I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about. No, I would just sound stupid if I did that. Well, you got the epidural, right? <laughs> yeah. Like what the fuck? But no, it's it, it comes, and you could probably look at any of these politicians, and none of these politicians are part of those groups yep. by any means. And so they don't really know the people. They don't know the mindset of the NRA. They don't know the mindset of these guys that go and hit the range every weekend, you know, to perfect, you know, to become more proficient in their skills. Do they ever use those skills? Maybe not. But it comes down to like, you know, I'd rather that that saying I'd rather have it and not need it than to need it and not have it. It's insurance. Yeah, it, it's all it is. You know, all the and when you really want to look at it, car insurance and health insurance, this gives people more headache and more stress and probably is killing people very slowly, more so than guns. That's all guns are. Guns are just an insurance policy. You have them, you hope you never have to use them. Yep. But if you're ever in a situation, um, let's just say you're getting uh, you're, you're getting chased by a grizzly bear. You're gonna wish you had one. Exactly, and that's just it, you know. If if you can come face to face with a grizzly bear that's charging you, and you can tell me that you don't want a gun, I might take you more seriously. But I think when a grizzly bear is charging you, everybody wants a gun. Not even a grizzly bear, like a mountain lion or a cougar. <laughs> or let's just say a very large man with a with a knife. Yeah, exactly. Like. Like, like you should have the ability to defend yourself. Yep. And just because he brings in... But uh, real men use fist, so drop your gun and fist fight that guy with a knife. Yeah, exactly. That, yeah, that's the real men that, that's use the, fist. Chuck Norris would do it. Well, yeah, but that's <laughs> Chuck Norris, but... No. It's, it's just all really stupid. And, you know, the saying of real men use fist, this usually comes from very left-leaning people, and these yep. are the same people that talk about toxic masculinity... So it's just kind of funny to hear them say real men use fists. Okay, now let me ask you this. Do you think that celebrities are a big influence on this movement themselves? Yes, I do. So I don't know. Did you Have you listened to any of uh, Eminem's new album? The album he dropped last week. No, but I heard it had a lot of gun control talk in it. So there's a song that's called Darkness, and that whole song... It was funny because I actually watched the music video before I listened to the song, which I guess I kind of simultaneously did the same thing. So the whole, so the music video is literally a replay of the Vegas shooting. And in that, in, in the song, there's actually like, um, they put like clips of, uh, like the news, like when they're like, this just in another mass shooting occurred here, you know, the, the, the worst mass shooting in history occurred here, whatever. So yeah, do I think that that maybe some of this is being fed to us, mm -hmm. you know, even subliminally, because people are going to listen to that and they're going to be like, wow, you know. And, it, and it's kind of an interesting, like, roundabout way of, of um, manipulating people. Oh, sure. Absolutely. And when you watch TV shows, uh, many of them will um, talk about the same issues. Yeah. And it's all very one-sided. 
You don't see too many uh, TV shows that really balance each other out in views. Most TV shows you watch, whether it be Netflix, Hulu, um, or just cable television, it's very left-leaning. Yeah. I mean, and if you can't see that, you're you're an idiot or you're blind or you're choosing not to see it. Well, did we... Uh, do you ever watch 13 Reasons Why? Yes. So, the end of season two, obviously, like, the kid was, uh, like... Was it the end of season two? I think it was the end of season two. Literally gets his parents' guns, drives to the school, and is about to walk into the like the dance or whatever, like their prom or whatever, with with, with a loaded AR-15. And he gets stopped by his friends. <coughs> and what that tells me is we, as a, as a generation, getting away from the whole political view of this, as a generation, we need to be more aware of what's going on in our friends' lives. Yes. Um... We're so easy to get, you know, to get caught up in, in, in what's going on on Facebook or TikTok or Instagram instead of actually like these people that are struggling with things, you know, these people that go through shit, you know, a lot of people don't care about people mm-hmm. and that's what it comes down to. These people, they get, they, they get in this mental state and yes, some of them are, are legitimately crazy. Like the Aurora shooter, mm-hmm. like he was, his, his apartment was booby trapped. So he was on a whole nother level, but a lot of these people, you know, something happens in their life and they don't the only the only way they see to deal with it is the ultimate lash out yeah the ultimate lash out and that's their way of handling it yeah you know and i think a lot of that comes in especially where school shootings are concerned yeah it's a lot of it comes from bullying yeah and that that's a whole nother topic for another podcast but for another episode but it's one of those things it's a it's a complete failure on um us as a society and and that's how people see it and they want to find something to control and the easiest thing that they can think of to control is the guns the next thing is the mental health is what people always refer to even though i don't think they know what the fuck they're really referring to no but uh yeah um this is a family and friends issue if you have a family member that you think is unstable and you know that they have guns deal with it as a family yeah don't don't call the cops. What this, what this basically comes down to... Well, I mean, you call the cops if you have to. That's what they're there for. Yeah. The cops are there when you need them, when, you really, when there's real danger. That's their job. And yeah. but don't, most cops are happy to serve in those situations. Exactly. Or they're at least willing. But the thing is, is that people are expecting the government to step in and to handle this when this is really not a task for the government yeah because the only way the government can deal with this is by being tyrannical exactly. that's probably how a lot of these um politicians in virginia view this as well how can we do our job if you know uh, people aren't allowing us to well the thing is this is this is definitely a family and friends this is a community small community issue yeah this is not a federal government this is not a state issue so so in the military, we talk about handling things on the low, you know, at the lowest level, mm-hmm. you know, before you go to the commander, before you go to the whoever, you know, try and handle it at the lowest level. And this is one of those, this is a situation that could very well be handled at the lowest level for most, which is your family situations. and friends. Exactly. And th- and this goes out to those people that are, if you're, if you're going through some shit, find somebody to reach out to. There's going to be people, nine, nine out of 10 people are going to tell you they don't have the time. But there's going to be that one that's going to say, okay, let's sit down and talk. And and we need more of that as a society. That's how you solve this problem. Yep. And Virginia definitely did not set a very good, 
um, stage, I guess. They didn't set a good tone. No. At and, all. And they got people up in arms. And I think this is definitely issues that we need to watch very closely. And we need to call them out. We need to call the government out on their bullshit when yep. we see them overstepping. So did you listen to uh, Joe Rogan's podcast with uh, Robert Downey Jr.? No. They, they talk a little bit about this. Um, I was actually listening to it, listening to it tonight at work. And um, this is one of those things where it's like uh, Robert Downey Jr. makes a comment about how people get so stuck in what's going on in D.C., what's going on federally, you know, up in, you know, what's going on in the Senate, in the White House. And he talks about that doesn't affect your day to day life. And Joe Rogan even talks about, you know, comments on that as well. And he makes that point. He says, be more involved in what's going on with your local government. Yeah. Because that's the stuff that affects Jordan you. Peterson always says on a day to day before basis. you change the world, clean your room. A lot of people hate it when he says that. But it's very true. Yep. If you're gonna tell people how to reorganize society, clean your fucking room. Yep. Take responsibility in your own life before you start trying to change the world. Yep. A lot of like I said, a lot of people hate it when he says it, but that's because he's basically Telling you to be personally responsible. Yep. And that's and that's just it. This is advice that every leader and everybody should follow. Yep. Um and and that's the thing is is people need to start following their local government a little more. You yeah. know, because like realistically, when when the state of Nebraska, when when Pete Ricketts sits down and says, Okay, we're gonna pass this bill, how many people actually pay attention to that? Yep. You know how many people all of a sudden got interested in politics when Donald Trump was elected? Oh, everybody, yeah. everybody's a People who, who couldn't give a shit about politics before all of a sudden were very interested. Yeah, they're all they're all, all of a sudden political science majors. Here's the fact. Whether you're on the left, whether you're on the right, whether you're Republican or Democrat, us as a society, we have been asleep for a very long time. Yep. We've gotten very comfortable. We've gotten very indulged in our entertainment um, and just little bullshit in the drama in our lives that we have let a lot of things slip um, by us, a lot of things uh, go unnoticed and unseen uh, that politicians do. And, the politicians and now slowly. we're waking up. We're waking up slowly, and it's a very painful process. And um, everybody's shook. The politicians are shook. Um, the public's definitely shook. There's a lot of distrust between the two. And this is just uh, becoming proof of it. Absolutely. So yeah. that's all I got to really say about the subject. Yeah. Um, I mean,. Virginia is just one one stepping stone into what's going to happen going forward. And as people and as citizens, we need to definitely, like you said, watch watch it closely. We need to watch out. We need to start start getting more involved. For you listeners out there, that you know, whether you're you're for it or against it, start paying attention to what your your state government wants to do. Start p- paying attention to what your like your city government wants to do. Start you paying know. attention to your own life. Start paying attention to your kids. Yep. Start paying attention to your friends. Yep. Be more aware. When, when because this is how we got to this point. Not being aware by ignoring. When your kid, when your kids having an issue, know the signs. Mm-hmm. Know how. And, and if you don't know how to how to approach it, find somebody that does. You know, um, that's probably one of the biggest things that I that I've known. Like I'm I'm a very observational person. I I observe people all day. You know, no matter where I'm at, I'm always watching people. <coughs> and knowing knowing your friends, knowing your family, that's how that's how this stuff gets prevented. Mm-hmm. Because when you know your friends, you know when something's not right, whether it be mentally 
or otherwise. Just take notice to what's going on around you guys. And definitely take notice to what the government's doing. Because they're the ones that are going to try and try and get this nitpicked as much as they can. Yep. Well, Josh, I mean, we could talk about Virginia, but, I mean, it's Virginia. You know? Yeah. There's not a whole lot to talk about. They still pass the red flag laws. Yep. It'll be interesting to see what our state does. Yep. Pay attention to it, guys. Pay attention to what... Pay attention to what's going on because I guarantee you, like Josh said, you're gonna start seeing this, you're gonna start seeing it abused. Something's coming, and the the end result's not gonna be a good one. I don't I don't see it being good. Um, I want to throw this out there, Josh, because we forgot last episode. Um, I told my buddy I'd give him a shout out. Uh, Jacob Aaron, CEO of uh, Switch Lane Gang. Um, he has a video on YouTube of his new single. Um, you can look it up. Uh, we'll actually attach a link uh to the video. It'll be below down in the description. Um, give it a listen. Uh, you know, support your local artists, support the small artists because that's how they get to be big artists. You know. Um, other than that, Josh, that's all I got, buddy. Yep. You guys have a great week, and uh, we'll see you guys next week. Hey, <laughs> Benga.